All right, that was some good singing. Take your Bibles if you would. And let's open the Word of God together to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And we've just been kind of making our way through the book of Proverbs and uh, receiving some great encouragement there. I hope you've enjoyed our study so far. Uh, not going verse by verse. It's going to be impossible to take in all of this. Uh, it would make our series last a few years, I think, if we did that. So we're just going chapter by chapter and, and gleaning uh, the highlights, and uh, I hope it's been a help to you. Proverbs chapter 4. Tonight we're going to begin in verse 1, and we'll read the first 10 verses as uh, a way of introduction tonight into the chapter. And uh, then we'll get right into the Word. So Proverbs 4, when you found your place, let's stand together. We'll have prayer and begin reading in verse 1. Let's pray together. Father, how we love you tonight. How we thank you so much for this privilege to gather together around your Word. Lord, to be encouraged and strengthened, to receive instruction. Lord, to strengthen our faith. And we pray that you do all of those things tonight. Bless the reading of your Word. Bless it to our hearts, Lord. We pray you just guide our our thoughts, Lord, show us what you'd have us do. Use your word tonight uh, to, to, to help us to strengthen our faith. In Christ's name we ask, amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give thee a gift to thine head, an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. What a great passage here. In verse 1, we find our title for this evening's message, Instructions from a Father. As we find Solomon writing, Hear ye children, the instruction of a father. Thank you so much. You may be seated. And we do find some great instructions in chapter 4. And uh, as we just kind of settle in to the preaching of God's Word tonight, uh, we're going to look into this and see what the Lord has for us uh, in this evening's message. Notice in, in this passage, we have the instructions of a father. And this is from experience as you, as you read uh, what Solomon has to say. Uh, look at verse 11, and let's just kind of read down through some of this. The Bible says there in verse 11, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. 
But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. What a great chapter. We find here the instructions from a father, as we said a moment ago. And this chapter contains uh, these instructions. First of all, he says, to get wisdom. We find that in verses 5, 7, and verse 20. And then he says to go forward. And that's found in verse 14. And then he tells his son here to guard your heart. This is great advice. We find that in verse 23. And he's talking here about influence, something very important that all of us need to manage uh, in our life. So let's here look at each one of these and see what God has for us tonight. Let's consider the Father's instruction. Notice, first of all, this first instruction or piece of advice to get wisdom. Look at verse 5 with me and read that verse again. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Verse 6, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, talking about wisdom, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall, be, shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. He's talking about wisdom here. And in order to get wisdom, we have to understand uh, that what every child needs, son or daughter, and really what all of us need. If you want to be wise tonight, like the Bible says, we talked in Proverbs chapter 1 about the invitation of wisdom how it was a public invitation, but also a personal invitation. And we looked at the book of James, how Brother James said, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally to all men and upbraideth not. God doesn't want to withhold that. He wants you to have wisdom. But what do we have to have in order to gain wisdom? Well, we need a mind that is open to truth. So notice in verse 1, he says, Hear ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. We find these words used interchangeably, and, and, and yet collectively in this chapter, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. You know, we have to have all three. If you want to be wise, it, it starts with knowledge and then understanding, because you, you can know the truth, but then understanding how to use and apply the truth is what produces wisdom. And so we need all three. Notice he, saw, he told his son in verse 1, attend to no understanding. We need a mind that's open to truth. And you can't teach somebody 
who's not open to receiving that instruction. And so that's why he begins with this appeal to his son to attend to no understanding. Be ready to receive. Have a mind that's open. Because truth is what is going to help you be wise. Truth reveals. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, we, we find that truth reveals thoughts and motives. Not only does it do that in others, but it does it in ourselves. And when we encounter the Word of God, often God reveals what's in our own hearts. And it's a great way to do that maintenance that, that you and I need to do to make sure that we're right with God and that we're walking the right paths in our life. And yet that same truth can help us when it is necessary to discern the, the motives and the thoughts of others in our life. You know, because at times we have to decide, should I let this person influence me? Should I follow them? Should I follow that instruction? In order to answer that question, we have to be open to truth. We have to be able to identify truth. You know, I thought early on as I was trying to learn the Bible and learn the Christian life and, and find God's will, you know, the challenge was to be able to identify truth and, and wisdom when God sends it your way. And I found often that God may send you the truth, He may send you some wisdom, and it may not be the source that you were expecting to get it from. Will you receive that truth? Will you let God speak to you? Would, would, you, would you be able to identify wisdom from, from wherever it comes and then put it to use in your life and respond to it? In order to do that, we have to have a mind that's open to truth. Truth reveals thoughts and motives. Truth defines true worship. And it helps us to know what's right. Truth also corrects, as we learned in the message this morning, 2 Timothy 3, 16. Truth corrects. And uh, sometimes we need to be corrected. Or, or maybe sometimes we correct what we hear from others that may be a half-truth or an untruth. And uh, we need to know the truth in order to do that. We have to have a mind that is open to the truth if we want to have wisdom. But not only that, we need a heart that's open to instruction. Now we call this, in a word, we call it being teachable. A heart that is open to instruction is referring to someone who's teachable. Someone who will actually listen and understand and apply the instruction that you're given to them. And every parent wants to have children that are teachable. Every parent wants to have the confidence that their children are taking their advice and that they're using the truth that we're passing on to them and putting it into practice in their own life. Because we want them to gain the wisdom of our years. We don't want them to repeat maybe, maybe mistakes we've made. And so we try to give them the truth we've learned and we try to help them along that way. Every parent's heart uh, delights in passing on their wisdom to their children. And that's what Proverbs 4 is all about encouraging, instructing uh, this son. And, and this is coming from the father who shares his experience with him. Notice in verse 4, it says, He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. And you know, every, every father wants to know that when he passes on information to his children, his sons especially, that their heart's going to retain that that they're going to listen and they're going to keep those words 
and then put them to practice in their life. Look at verse 11. He says, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. You know, it's a problem when, when children look at their parents as if they are not on the right paths. And that's fine if they're not. If they're away from God and not practicing truth, uh, that's one thing. But when children have godly parents, when children are raised in church and their parents are trying to live the Bible and do that and then, and then pass that on to their children and their children are rejecting that, that's a problem. And sometimes, you know, you know what I'm talking about, sometimes young people act like they're smarter than the older people. Right? Sometimes we as parents, we look at that and we feel like, well, you know, we don't know anything. We're just parents, right? All, all we know how to do is, is uh, you know, give the bottle and change diapers. <laughs> but there's more to parenting than that. And if you've been a parent any length of time, uh, you know you've learned some things. And as your children grow up, you certainly want to pass that wisdom down. And it's a great thing. It's a delight when your children will receive that instruction from you. And that's what we find in the heart of this father who's trying to pass this wisdom down. And that happens when, when the son or the children have a heart that is open to instruction. They're teachable. They listen. Their heart then is able to retain those words. And why is it important to be teachable? I'm going to tell you why. Because everyone needs, if you're going to be wise, if you're going to accomplish things as a person when you, in your own life, Everyone needs three things. You need knowledge, you need experience, and then number three, you need guidance. Every one of us need guidance at times in our life. And the reason why parents like to turn around and help their children through tough moments in life, the reason why parents want to turn around and, and pass their wisdom back down to their children is because, look, they're, they're a few stages ahead of you in life. And they've been through tough times, sometimes with no guidance, and had to figure it out the hard way on their own. You, you've heard of that saying, the school of hard knocks, right? Well, guess what that comes from? That comes from being in those hard knocks, getting knocked around by life experience, and having to endure that and learn on the fly with no guidance. And the reason why every parent wants to turn around and pass that wisdom on to you is because they're trying to soften the blow for you in the school of hard knocks. They're trying to help you not quite to have to endure such hard knocks in your life. And so they're trying to provide the guidance for you that they did not have along the way. You would think that would be appreciated. If we're both walking a path and there's a limb in the way and the person in front of you pulls that limb back so that you can walk freely through, unhindered, you think that would be an expression of kindness. Right? But it seems like young people today want us to let the branch go. Well, it may slap them upside the head, but well, okay. But they think they're better off doing it themselves until they bump their head. 
You know, and I think most of us parents are saying, well, uh, I wanted you to miss that bump, but, you know, hey, sometimes they have to have it. That's the truth. As much as we want to help them avoid the hardships of life, sometimes our children have to hit the wall. They've got to bump their head. They've got to fall on their face in order to realize that, you know, you and I, we, we did know something after all. There, there was something to pay attention to right there. You know, and that's why I think as we get older, we eventually start realizing how wise our parents were looking back. So everyone needs knowledge, experience, and guidance. But here's the thing. We don't always get guidance from the right place. We have to be careful. We have to be wise because the reality is we choose who we allow to influence us. We choose who we open up to, who we listen to. We choose who we're going to be teachable towards, who we're going to allow to invest their wisdom in us. Isn't that right? Because every time we hear wisdom, we have to make a choice. Am I going to receive that? Is my heart going to retain those words? Or am I going to pass? Nah. And, and we've all seen both reactions. We've all seen both reactions to wisdom that is passed on. Some that are teachable and some moments that it just doesn't seem to be there. You have to be teachable toward your parents to let them give you guidance. And since we all need knowledge, experience, and guidance, the only way we're going to get that guidance is to be open to it. And that's a decision you have to make ahead of time. I'm going to be willing to receive guidance. When it's truth, right? When it's wisdom being passed on to me, I'm going to receive that. You know, as a young man, I remember being in a church very much like this one. And I remember looking up to the older men in our church. I learned a lot from the older men in our church. I learned a lot about Christianity. I learned a lot about the faith. I learned a lot about living the Christian life. I remember one time being at a men's prayer meeting. We, we were all gathered around the altar on a Saturday night. We were praying for people in our church. We were praying for people that we wanted to be saved. We were praying for the services that would happen the, the following day, you know, on Sunday, the Sunday school classes, the church services, the, the Word of God that would be given. And I remember going around the altars, one after another, men would pray. And I remember it coming my turn. And just as a teenager, just wanting to be bold and, and uh, see God do big things, you know, I remember quoting some prayer promises that God had given in His Word and, and asking the Lord for some big things and and saying, Lord, you know, you said come boldly to the throne of grace, and we're just asking you to do great and mighty things. Well, I thought I did a great job praying and claiming all that and asking the Lord for some big, you know, big needs. And then we came to this side of the platform, and the, the next man, not the next one in line, but the next man to pray was one of the oldest men in our church. And there was a pause. And you know how it is in church when, I mean, just a second feels like eons, you know, when there's silence. 
And you're kind of wondering, like, is anybody going to pray next? Kind of like that. And then he began to speak quietly. And of course, by now, everybody's paying attention. Wow, what's he going to say? And I remember he prayed such a humble prayer. And he said, Lord, you did tell us in your word that we could come boldly. But he said, tonight, Lord, we want to come humbly to ask you these things. Wow. I know I'm just giving you an excerpt of that prayer meeting, but I'm telling you, that man's prayer humbled me. It also matured me a few light years in the faith. And it's moments like that, being around some godly people, because I listened, because I paid attention to what they were saying, it helped me. And you know, that same help is available to all of us if we will just listen. As God speaks to us through the sources in our life that He has put around us, if we will be like this son, like the father is pleading with the son, if we'll have the kind of heart that will retain the knowledge of God, that will keep this wisdom, that will hang on to it, then we'll be wise as well. In order for us to get wisdom, we have to have a mind that's open to truth, a heart that's open to instruction, but we need an attitude that is obedient. Because, you know, it's not enough to know things and it's not enough to understand the Bible until we do it. That's really the focus. That's what God's interested in. Not just that we know the content, but that we put it into practice. That's what Joshua 1.8 is about. The only verse in the Bible, by the way, where success is mentioned. He said that we meditate in the Word of God day and night. Why? So that we can observe to do according to all that's written therein. God doesn't want us to just know this book. He wants us to live this book. When we learn to do it, that's when we're successful. And that's what Joshua 1.8 is teaching us about success. In order to be successful, in order to do all that, we have to have an attitude that is obedient. Look at verse 13 in Proverbs 4. It says, "...take fast hold of instruction." Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Take fast hold of what? Wisdom. No, no, no. Instruction. You know what that is? That's when somebody is telling you step by step what to do. Instruction. But not us. You know, often we're like, hey, uh, yeah, you know, hey, I, I, I got this. I'm good. You know, I remember when I was coming up, it seemed like it seemed like, you know, the thing was reproof, rebuke, correction. You know, that's the thing nobody wanted back then. But as I look around today, I think our weakness today is not that we don't want reproof. 
today's generation, we don't want instruction. Don't tell me how to do it. I got it. Wow, okay. Well, the Lord already addressed that in Proverbs chapter 1. But I hope that's not us tonight. I hope we're more like what we're finding in Proverbs chapter 4. I hope we have more like the heart of this father and, and the heart that he hopes that his son will have toward godly wisdom tonight to receive this instruction. He says, take fast hold of her. Let her not go. First instruction of this father is to get wisdom. Hey, if you're going to really make it, if you're going to do well in the Christian life, that is spot on. That's good advice. Number one, get wisdom. But number two, he says in verse 14, go forward. Look what he says. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. In order to go forward like this, we have to pay attention to, what we're, to what's being uh, asked of us. First of all, what we're being instructed to do in verse 11 is to aim for the right paths. You know, I have to say that I think that's one of the downfalls of people often is that we just don't even aim. You know, you, you can't float your way through life and then wonder why you miss some things. You know, we need to have direction. We need to have, we need to have a focus. We need to have an aim and ambition about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. But in verse 11, notice it's not just that we should aim, not just that we should uh, look at uh, what's right. Let's go back to verse 11. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee, notice, in right paths. That's important, and I think the heart of every parent echoes that sentiment. Look, we've led you right, and it's kind of like this father is saying, look, son, I've led you in the right way, and now you're grown. It's going to be up to you now to continue that. And so now the son has to take aim on the path that he's going to walk. The key word here is the word right. The idea is that the son would continue walking the right path. But if that's going to happen, then we have to understand that right is determined by Scripture. Right is going to be determined by God's Word. We're going to let God's Word determine what is right and what is wrong. Remember we had said before that you can't be spiritual without being scriptural. It's one of the reasons that we want to read and read and reread the Bible. We want to learn what the Bible says. We want to understand its content and how to apply it to life so that we can be scriptural in our minds and so that we can be spiritual in our life, so that we can walk on the right path, that is, the path that God would have us walk on, the one that's right in God's eyes, not right in our own eyes. 
Just check out what the Bible says about that. When, when Israel did what was right in their own eyes, yeah, go look and see how that turned out. Not very good. And so we want to aim for the right paths. We do that by letting God define what is right. If you look to this world for the definition of what's right, if you look to this world for direction, you will be misguided. Amen? Uh, have you been watching the news lately? Are, are, you, are you paying attention to what the world is doing and how they're redefining everything? They are misguided. And they will send you in the wrong direction if you allow the world to define what is right. We should let God do that. Not only are we to aim for the right path, but in verse 14 and 15, we're to avoid the wrong path. Notice what it says. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Look at verse 15. How many times do, should we need to be told? So look what he says. Avoid it. That's one. Then he says, pass not by it. That's number two. Then he says, turn from it. That's number three. Then he says, pass away. In other words, get out of there. Right? So we're being told in every way possible. This cannot be unclear after this verse. What is he saying? Stay away from that. We are to avoid the path of the wicked. Avoid the wrong path. Now, enter not in means don't take the first step. It means don't even try it. You see, the, the philosophy of the world is, well, how, how do you know you don't like it if you never try it? Well, well, do you need to try standing out in the middle of the road with an 18-wheeler coming to know that's not good for you? No. You don't have to try everything to know it's not a good idea. There's some things that ought to be obvious if you have what old-timers used to call common sense. And so, don't believe the lie that you need to try some things or try everything. Try it and see. Hey, there's some things you don't even need to try. You don't need to taste, smell, or chew. Not even one time. There's some things you just need to stay away from, and that's what this father is trying to tell his son. Don't let the world talk you into it. Don't let them talk you into trying it. Hey, you know, there's some things that if you try one time, you'll be hooked. Hey, do you know there's some people that have tried drugs one time and that was all because it killed them? Because it was laced with something else and they didn't know it. You know, sometimes it's better not to even, not to even try, not to even test, not to even taste. You will never end up in the wrong place if you don't take the wrong path. You will never go down the wrong path if you don't take the first step on that path. It's just, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Don't go the wrong way. Not even the first step. That's what he's saying to his son. Every father wants what's best for his son. Every parent, every mother wants that. And in this chapter, this is the cry of the heart of the father He's saying, hey, this wicked stuff of this world, stay away from that. You don't need it. It won't help you. It's not worth it. Don't even try it. It's no good. 
It's good advice. He says, just keep going forward. Stay on the right path. Stay on the path we raised you up on. Keep walking with God, doing what's right, and be wise. You'll be glad you did one day. And then his third piece of advice to this son, found in verse 23, is to guard your heart. And you know, I find that this is the only way, this is the only way to be wise. It's the only way to really listen to good advice. If you want to put it into practice, you really have to do this first. But it's kind of why we ended on this. I'm sure it's why the Father put it last, so that it would be first in this son's memory. Because if you don't do this, you won't do any of the other. What's so important? He said, guard your heart. Look at verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, let all thy ways be established. So this father understands that guarding your heart is necessary. Because the attitude of your heart will shape the perspective of your life. And if your perspective can be changed, then you may no longer value wisdom or the instructions of a father, and then you won't remember any of this in the first place. It's why you have to guard your heart. Because as believers, we have an enemy. And the devil would love nothing more. Look, if he'd love to keep you from being saved. But if that's already taken care of, the next thing He wants to do is just ruin your life. He doesn't want you to be effective for God at all. He certainly doesn't want you to be used of God to influence someone else to be saved. And so the devil does his best to accomplish that in our life. Just to get us messed up and off track and away from God. Guarding your heart is necessary. I want you to hold your place in Proverbs 4, and let's go to Proverbs 23 for just a moment. There's a couple of verses there that go right along with this, talking about guarding your heart. Proverbs 23, look with me, if you will, at verse 7. There's a principle in verse 7 that we need to understand so that we can apply wisdom to our life. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says this, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, it's talking about something else, and we'll eventually get there, and I'll explain the context of that. But, but the principle is true. So what the Father is saying here, what, what we're finding, the wisdom that we're being given in Proverbs 23.7 is that your, your heart determines your character. All right? So as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You, you know, you can become anything, good or bad, and it starts in your heart. That's why it's so important to guard it. Guard your heart. Look at verse 17, Proverbs 23. Now we just looked at verse 7. Go down to verse 17. And notice what it says there. Let not thine heart envy sinners. Be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Why is that important? Because, again, that's perspective. If you start envying what the people of the world have, people that don't follow God, people that aren't walking the right path, hey, look, they're going to be living it up. They're going to have pleasures galore. 
Hey, it looks like they've got everything they want right now. And if you let your heart envy that, then you'll end up giving up on God and going over and doing what they're doing. Wanting to cash in on the goods that you think they're receiving. But I got news for you. This is as good as it gets for them. This all the heaven, if you will, they're going to experience. They're getting it now. But for the believer, our return comes later. Here we are investing, sowing good seed, living right lives, walking with God, and we don't seem to be getting a lot of return right now. That's because our reward is waiting on us. Our return come, is delayed, but that's by design. God did that on purpose. We're investing in eternity. We're not going to get an instant return. And so if you're comparing your life to the wicked, you, you're, you're, you're not comparing apples with apples. It's not a likely comparison, and it will, it will mislead you and sometimes cause you to go astray because you'll feel like you've been gypped, shortchanged. You, you'll feel like serving God isn't worth it because I don't have all the pleasures and the benefits that the, the, that the world has. The reality is that's false information. It's a wrong conclusion. But if we let our heart envy sinners, that's what happens. Notice one more verse in Proverbs 23. Look at verse 19. Another verse about our heart that we want to consider. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Now, look, we taught this morning that the Bible is the verbally inspired Word of God, right? How many of you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Okay. Then what we just read is true. And what we just read teaches us that you and I, like a kid pulling a wagon, we need to guide our heart in the way. We need to tell it what to do. But that's not the way most of us live. We're sitting in the wagon, and we're letting our heart guide us. And we, we move and decide and react based on our feelings and our affections instead of based on biblical truth and what's right. And when we do that, we get in trouble. When we do that, we, we get results that we don't like, and we wonder why. Well, I'm telling you why, because verse 19 says that we're supposed to be pulling the wagon. We're supposed to guide our heart, not the other way around. Don't let your heart drag you around. You harness it and, and pull it along, right? There's several places in the Bible where this principle is taught. Like, like where it says, lay up treasure in heaven. Where the treasure is, there will the heart be also. We make the investment and the heart will follow. It has to do with our affections. Paul said in the book of Colossians, set your affections on things above, not on things beneath, not on things on the earth. And If we let our heart get wrapped up with the affections of this world, and then we let our heart lead us around, we're always going to end up at the wrong place. We're going to be living based on the world's values if we do that. 
And this is why this father said to his son, guard your heart. So we have to guard it, defend it, and we have to guide it. We have to ensure that our heart is in the right place. And we need to know when it is, and we need to know when it isn't so that we can respond accordingly. You know, we we say sometimes, well, I did that in the flesh. That means your heart guided you instead of you guiding your heart. And you did the wrong thing. That's just an example. So out of the heart are the issues of life we find in Proverbs 4 in verse 23. This is why the, the matter of the heart is so important. We have to guard our heart because out of our heart... Is everything else is affected. Now, notice in the following verses, I'm going to give you this quickly. Notice in the following verses how all of life is affected by what comes out of your heart. All right? So we find that your lips, what you say, what you talk about, is affected by your heart. Look at verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. The Bible says, out of the heart the mouth speaketh. All right? And so, uh, you know, guess what? We need to do a checkup sometimes when the content isn't right. Because out of our heart is, is, is where those words come from, come for that content that we talk about, uh, that comes from our heart. Guess what? Your eyes are affected by your heart. Look at verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on and thine eyelids look straight before thee. He's talking about uh, not, not looking to the right or the left or getting off track with, with the path of the wicked. Okay, we, we just finished talking about avoiding the wicked path, right? So now he says, keep your eyes on the right thing. Don't let your eyes get all envious of what sinners are doing. Keep focused on what God is doing in your life and the direction you're going. Your eyes are affected by your heart. And then verse 26, your mind is affected by your heart. Look at verse 26. He says there, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. The word ponder has to do with your mind. He's talking about think. Ponder the path of thy feet. Think about where you're headed. Think about the step you're about to take and where that leads to. Ponder the path of thy feet. You know, listen, if your heart is not right, if your heart's misguided, if your desires and your motives are wrong, then when you do this, you, first of all, you're, you're, you're more prone to not think about where you're going and, and you'll just end up in the wrong place. Because you'll just be acting on what you feel like and you won't be thinking about what's the consequence if I go down this path, where will it lead me? What, where will I end up? And so that's, that's what happens when we don't pay attention, when we don't guard our heart. Because our heart affects our mind. It affects how we see things. Here's another word you can write out in the margin, is the word perspective. You know, when, when we're walking with the Lord and when we're living out His Word, then that puts us in a frame of mind where we have a perspective about things. We look at things a certain way. We look at life through the lens of Scripture. But guess what? When that's not true, 
when, when, we're, when we're walking by our, our feelings and our desires, and when that is based on the world and not on things of the Lord, guess what? Then we have a totally different mindset, a totally different perspective, a totally different set of values, different priorities as what's important and what's not important. You see how all that changes just with a little change in perspective? It's so important. Our mind is affected by our heart. And then lastly, verse 27, our feet are affected by our heart. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Now the right hand, left thing, you know, the way I understand that is basically you could sum it up in a word. Extremism. You know, there's extremisms on both sides. And so we're being advised... To, to walk the narrow road, walk the middle path, to be wise and avoid those extremisms, to avoid evil things and, and the wicked along the way. But we can only do this when we guard our heart. We can only do it when, when we're in the right frame of mind. That's why when Paul wrote to the Philippians, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And he began to tell us about the mindset of Christ. The mind of Christ, it was a humble mind. It was a responsible mind. There were some principles there that he was laying out. And then later he said, you know, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, right? Whatsoever things are true, honest, lovely, just, of good report. Giving us some things that, to help us with our mind and our heart, because guess what? That determines everything else. You know, I'm amazed sometimes when people just wake up in life and say, man, how did I end up here? How did I end up at, at these AAA meetings, right? Well, you started by taking the first step. And that led down a path to where you're at now. And that's why this father says, don't even try it. Don't even take the first step. See, he's saying, guard your heart. Paul wrote to the Galatians. They had gotten off track, and he asked them this question. He said, who hath bewitched you? And you know, it's, that's the way it is in life. It's not so much what. It's not the what that gets us off track. It's the who. Somebody influences us to go against the wisdom we've been given and the instruction we've received to walk a path we've never walked. And that's how we get off track. And that's why this Father's saying, keep thy heart, guard it. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Sounds like He's saying, be serious about this. Give it everything you got. Because it's important. And the, uh, the outflow of your life, the outcomes of your life are going to be determined by what you do with this. And so sitting in this room tonight, you and I have a choice to take the right path and be wise, to retain instruction. Or to follow our hearts in this world and see where it leads. I've seen enough people do that. I don't have to try that. I don't know about you, 
but I ain't lost nothing on that path. I want to walk with the Lord, don't you? I want to be wise. Let's hear the instructions of this father tonight. Let's take it to heart. Let's be that teachable son and let's apply these truths to our lives and guard our hearts so that we can guide our heart in the way, so that we can walk the path that God has for us in this life. You'll be glad you did. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, how we thank you for your goodness to us, how we thank you for your precious word. And we just ask that you'd use it tonight, Lord, to stir our hearts, to guide us in truth, to help us do the right things. Give us wisdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.